Welcome back, everyone. My name is Sam. And I'm Melissa. I grew up in the FLDS community. It is a polygamous group run by Warren Jeffs, and I moved out when I was 18 years old. I was raised LDS. Sam and I have been married for nine years and have two awesome kiddos. <laughs> yes, we do. We want to thank our donors as well as those that are members of our channel. Thank you all so much, and we really do feel and appreciate your love and support. Today we have our next episode in the series of Sam being out in Short Creek with Mike King from Profiling Evil. Yes, this was another great opportunity that I had to meet with Mike King there in my hometown. This video takes place just across the street from where I was born and raised. And we are going to be talking about the baby cemetery in this video. And it was actually very interesting. There were some things that Mike brought up that I hadn't ever heard before. So it was a very unique and cool experience to meet with him. Once again, Mike from Profiling Evil was in law enforcement and had a big part in trying to help those in the FLDS community during the time that I lived there, trying to make sure that everyone was well taken care of and that there wasn't anything suspicious going on behind the scenes, <laughs> which the government was afraid of. So it was a really cool experience. Yeah, I'm really excited for this episode. We get questions all the time about the baby cemetery. Mm. And even though we see it every time we go out, because it is across the street from Sam's childhood home, I've always been curious about it too. And I haven't watched this episode yet. So I'm excited to see as well and learn some stuff from my king. Yeah, so let's get going. Sam, like I was mentioning in our earlier video, this place has always been a concern to me from an investigative standpoint, because the ghost stories we heard over the years that were uh, were that children were coming into the FLDS, of course, massive amounts of children being right. born out here, and um, that in some cases, children were either stillborn or dying uh, when they were still in infancy and never documented as living on this planet, but we worried that maybe they were being buried here or elsewhere. Tell me a little bit about the baby cemetery, because we're, we're actually across the street from the place you grew up. Yes, we are. And so this was something I would look out my window and see, or as I was running up and down the street here, I would see on a daily basis. And yes, it's just that. It is a baby cemetery. Just up the street here, not too far, is the... Hildale Clinic, which is where all of the babies, or at least the majority of the babies here, were born. From Aunt Lydia was her name, that was the, the nurse there that would help the She baby. was the midwife. She was the midwife, okay. yes. And she did have a lot of training, and I feel, I feel that she did a great job. But this cemetery specifically was for those babies that died before they were born, or died immediately after they were born. And there was actually one from my own family that was buried here as well. Not from my mother, but one from another mother that was born or buried here. So it would have been a stepchild. Stepchild, yes. And that was before I was born that that happened. But as far as documenting the, the birth goes, that I don't know for sure. Just want to clarify, not a stepchild. It was a half-sibling. Have sibling. Yeah, yeah. So still, still a child of my father, but from one of the other mothers. I do know, however, that during the time the Warren Jeffs has been in prison, there have been a lot of children, even those that are living today, that have grown up into teenagers, even some of them, or or almost teenagers, that aren't documented. Is we heard this um, from the Dream Center when we did a tour with them, and they were talking about the fact that. They have a lot of kids that they have to go and find the 
witnesses to their birth to be able to get them birth certificates. And mm. so the Dream Center is one place that people can go if they are not documented. They don't have social security numbers. They don't have birth certificates and those type of things. And the Dream Center will help them be able to get all those documents and everything so that they can transfer into regular society. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, going back to when I moved away from the FLDS church and community, I was given my birth certificate. Which so is awesome. I was able to get a hold of that after I had left. And so this type of thing, I don't think was very common until later on, maybe about the time I was leaving and after I had left, where so much was even more secretive and children being born were being born in secret. And so it was very suspicious. Yeah. To and, and a lot of people, yeah, I don't even know who their parents are. They don't know really what's going on other than they're just trying to be obedient to the leaders of the church or the priesthood. And meaning the the priesthood holder or the man in charge of them whoever that might be. But yeah, they don't even know who they belong to or much information about their birth at all. So yeah, kind of crazy. We had also heard rumors that there were some children that they were expecting because everyone was expecting Warren to be released from prison. Nobody expected him to be there, let alone for the last 15 years that he has been. Yeah. But that there were some children that they were waiting for Warren to name. Do you remember that? Who are we talking to? There was someone in particular we were talking to, but they were saying that you know, there were kids without names that are just going by nicknames because they didn't want to name them and make a birth certificate and have an official name without the prophet being the one to name them or be a part of that process. And so they just still go by nicknames. I believe it was I believe it was the Black family, uh, specifically Erna Black, that was mentioning something about that, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah. yes, there were people, still are people, that believe so strongly that Warren Jeffs is going to be freed and that he is going to somehow break out of prison. And they're waiting for those days when they can meet him and that he can bless them and give their children names and, and start marrying their children again and that kind of thing, which from us from the outside looking in is a very scary thought and we yeah. hope that never comes to light which we there's no way it could but but there are people that are very hopeful for that to happen still yeah so it's not just not having the birth certificates it's like not having a name at all period sometimes yeah which is crazy it means they can uh, not get social security they can't get a driver's license they don't even have a birth certificate they don't have a birth certificate right Yes, and there are places that are specifically for that issue, that they're trying to help these children that do end up, in some cases, leaving the church, and they don't know where to go. They have nowhere to turn. They don't know how to get a job, get documentation, any of that kind of thing. There are places like the Dream Center here that are helping those people get the right, get in front of the right, uh, I guess, authorities to get that stuff sorted out. You know, as we uh, look at this area from the drone, we're kind of, you can see that we're kind of moving slowly side to side along a row of graves. And and uh, while there are a number of graves that have markers and other kinds of things on them, there are a lot of graves that simply only have a small metal bracket saying, this is who lies here, baby right. Johnson or baby Barlow or right. whatever. Uh, and, and now as we pan up and we look at this from a more of a, um, satellite view, we 
we see how massive this really is. Do you have any idea how many babies are buried here? Oh, I have no clue. I mean, you see, you look out and you do see a lot of markers, and most of the markers have the name and the date of how how long they live, which oh, in most recenter. cases was, you know, a oh, day or, or less. And you know, so it's hard to say though. I don't know if there's more babies buried here that don't have a marker. It's it's impossible to know. Yeah, it is. It's it's hard to know exactly and but there were a lot. And that's and I know that this type of thing where children that are recently born or before they're born they do pass away, it happens throughout all the world. But to see how many are there is a, a kind of a I don't know, it's it's sad. I'll just say that. It's very sad. Uh, the, he brought up these markers, Mike did, and these these small metal markers, later on with Mike in a different video, we'll go to the cemetery that was for all of the adults as well and everyone else that passed away in the community. And even some of those graves have the same marker, just a metal marker with a name and how long they lived and who they were. So it wasn't just in the baby cemetery that those metal markers were uh the i guess gravestone if you want to call it that do you guys go into why there was a separate cemetery why the babies weren't being um buried next to the rest of their family members in the regular one i think we get into that if we don't for some reason if i'm if i'm thinking wrongly there i will answer that question okay yeah and, and there i haven't been able to find an actual record like you see in most legitimate cemeteries right of each plot I don't think there is. Yeah, yeah, not, crazy. not that I know of. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Now, your father was mayor of this community for a lot of years, and we're going to go over to City Hall in a minute and chat and share some of the experiences yes, yes. from there. I'm looking but, forward to seeing what your your experience with that was because that uh, that's interesting to me. I know that my father was meeting with a lot of outside people being the mayor of the city, so I'm sure you dealt a lot with him. Yeah, I did have a lot of meetings with him and many of the other leaders, including, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird to say I, I knew Ruin Allred, I knew Ruin Jeffs, I, yes, wow. I knew Warren Jeffs, and uh, of course, I wasn't their favorite person to right. show up and visit, but, <laughs> but anyway, uh, now, uh, as over my left shoulder on the side of this home is the are the letters UEP, standing for? The United Effort Plan. And this has been a real interesting thing became a huge piece of controversy in 2005 when the state of Utah took over the UEP and put it under a conservatorship where someone right. had to control all of the assets, which reached um, hundreds of millions, oh, if yes. not billions of dollars. It was a lot of money. And I remember that time when the state came in and took over the trust. And at that time, Warren Jeffs had completely taken ownership of the trust. He had been controlling everything he had been taking businesses away from some of the well-known men here in the community and because the church and the trust owned everything he forced everyone to sign everything over to him and the trust which he was in charge of so when the state came in and took over that trust you can imagine how that made us feel we were we were just livid to think that the state could come in and just take over our whole church is what we were told right which was the assets of the church, not our beliefs. And and I wonder what that was like for you. Do you are were it was, you familiar with that? It was troubling. In fact, I remember going to the offices in downtown Salt Lake City of the conservators that were responsible, the lawyers that were responsible for the trust, and talking with them, especially as it evolved and they started 
allowing former FLDS or current FLDS members to reclaim property that they had built and finished, sometimes for pennies on the dollar, but there was a requirement that they had to finish it and get it tax roll ready. Right. And and most would not do that because in their opinion, it was it was consecrated and given to God. And who are you to try to sell it back to me? Who are you to try to sell it back to me? And Warren Jeffs was telling them to not pay taxes. And so that made it complicated as well for even some of the families that probably would have just said, hey, here, I'm going to pay the back taxes. I want to own my house. Warren Jeffs said, no, no. Yeah. And of course, because they think he's talking for God, they felt that it wasn't their, it wasn't their place to say no to Warren Jeffs. Well, this is probably a perfect segue to turn the camera around and point it toward your home and a home right next door that is still not finished and talk a little bit <laughs> about some of that mentality. Yes. Okay, I have to know about the baby cemetery. So yes, why were so they... I guess I guess we didn't get into that. Yeah, so before we wrap up. <laughs> yes. So sorry, ask your question again. Why did they have a separate cemetery rather than burying the babies with the adults or with the rest of the family? So that is a great question, Thank as you. always. <laughs> and I think that well, there's a few different theories out there. One of them is just the simple fact that it is very close in proximity to the clinic where they were all born. And I don't, I actually asked some of the people that have been there forever, <laughs> for a lot of years, a lot longer than I was in the community. And their answer was also the same, that it was in close proximity. They don't know if there was any specific reason other than the one reason that people kind of throw around that these people were born in, or, or were buried in this cemetery, these babies, because they were perfect angels that did no wrong during their life. Whether okay. it would be because they, they died so quickly, they had a an automatic spot in heaven with God. They, okay. they, they were these special people that didn't have to come and prove themselves in some way or another in this life because they were already valiant and righteous enough in their pre-existence to have proven themselves worthy to go and live with God. And so that, for that reason, some people would say they had this other, other place or special place to be buried. Okay. So was it taught in the FLDS too then? Because that was the same thing with the LDS, but it was if um, a child died before the age of accountability. So under mm -hmm. the age of eight, mm -hmm. Um, children are considered being able, since they never reach the age of accountability, they can go straight to the celestial kingdom. Were kids that were like four, five, six, were they also buried there or were they buried in the regular cemetery? I think they were buried in the regular cemetery. Someone that knows more about this, maybe Leave it in the yeah, comment below about this. If you know for sure, maybe you, you in your personal family had an experience with that. But to my knowledge, based on what I've heard other people say, like I say, that were a lot that are a lot older than me and had a lot more time in the community. It sounds like it was primarily for the babies, babies, not young children. Okay, and then was there still the belief though that if someone died like at five or six under the age of accountability, that they would get to go straight to the celestial kingdom? Just curious if it's the same. Well, you know that's a tricky one because sort of, but not necessarily. Like that idea was out there, but not every family taught that. Huh. Some families would teach that that you could sin at under eight years old, 
and that when you were eight years old, that was when you were wiped, you had a clean slate. You were baptized, and it gave you a clean slate to start over, and at that point, you could choose to do no wrong from then on out to be able to inherit the kingdom of God. But that you did have these sins leading up to that, potentially, that you would wipe away clean through baptism. So, I think it depended on the family within the church. In my personal experience, it seemed like the idea was, yes, you weren't really at the age of accountability until eight years old. Therefore, if you were to pass away before the age of eight, you would return and live with God. Okay, and I was going to say, because even though, like in the mainstream LDS church, yes, when you're eight, you are baptized and your sins are washed away, but it's kind of funny because... At the same time, we're also taught that before the age of accountability, you would automatically go to the celestial kingdom, which would imply that you can't really sin before the age, mm-hmm. but yet you're wiping your sins clean. It's so a tricky it's, one. It's a tricky yeah. one, but I was just curious if it was similar. So yeah, good to know. Well, I would say it was pretty similar, yes. Pretty similar. Okay. Well, if you guys want to know more of what it was like for Sam to grow up in polygamy and you want to keep watching the series where him and Mike King, I think next are going to be going to your childhood home, right? Childhood home. Next week, we're going to combine two locations, my childhood home and the town hall or the mayor's office in Hildell, where my father worked. So we'll combine those two next week. Awesome. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for being here. And we'll talk to you all soon. Yes. Thank you all so much. We'll talk to you soon.